Welcome to O2 Coaching's Empower Your Team podcast series with your host, Chloe Caron, founder and president of O2 Coaching. As an executive coach, author, businesswoman, thought leader, and speaker with more than 20 years of experience, Chloe's USC, her unique strategic contribution, is to create a new generation of inspiring and inspired leaders by positively impacting the lives of one million leaders through her webinars, conferences, books, and podcasts. In this podcast series, Chloe and her guests will take you on a journey, sharing their leadership stories, struggles, successes, and learnings. The conversations will highlight practical advice and insights for leaders. Be sure to share your thoughts on this podcast series on our LinkedIn or Facebook pages. Enjoy this podcast. I'm Chloe Caron. Welcome to my podcast, Empower Your Team. Last week, we had an amazing conversation with Finn Doyle, Senior Vice President, Global Head Commercial and Regions at Biocon Biologics. We talked about how can we bring our best self in any time, but obviously these days, we absolutely need to tap into our best self if we just want to feel great or okay. <laughs> and if we want to engage our people, that is crucial. That is critical. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, I invite you to go and listen to it. Subscribe to our podcast because you'll hear in advance when they're coming out. And this week, this week, I have my dear friend, Grégoire Bayargeon, Managing Director and Co-Head of BMO Capital Markets here in Quebec. We talk about leadership styles and I know we all have our preference. We all have our go-to leadership styles, if you will. So some of us are more directive. Some of us are more participative. Some of us are more coaches. And these past few months, I'll say, have really consolidated that leadership style. My invitation with this podcast is to actually allow you to think about how could you flex? How could you flex your leadership style and think about how you could grow into another style, not leaving your natural style, because that's what got you to where you are and the success you've had. But considering the impact of what we're going through, what we're living, how could you flex? What other leadership styles could you bring in the mix, if you will, that could have an even better or bigger impact on your team, on yourself, on the organization? That's the invitation for this week. So as always, I hope you inspire and you be inspired. Have a good listen. Welcome to our Empower Your Team podcast with Grégoire Bayergeon, nonetheless, a dear friend of mine who's the managing director and co-head of BMO Capital Market Quebec. Grégoire, welcome to this mic. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure to participate in, uh, in your podcast initiative. been following your work uh, all along, and uh, I think this is a great new uh, innovation that you started a couple of months ago. So uh, congrats on, on doing the program. Thanks to you, Grégoire. You're the one who said, you should do a podcast. And I said, yeah, that's a great idea. And a couple of weeks after, I was doing my podcast, thanks to you. Well, it's easy to throw an idea off the wall. It's tougher to execute. So uh, congrats to you for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, there's been a couple of uh, hours of work there, but uh, the idea was great. And I've been having a blast doing that. And I'm so excited to have you here. Not only, not only are you the head of BMO uh, Capital Markets, but you're, you're involved in so many great causes. I have a list here. Maybe I'm forgetting something. So uh, please complete. But you're engaged as a board member of the Montreal McCord Museum. Montreal Children's Hospital Foundation. You're the head of the campaign cabinet for Unit Way, United Way Montreal for BMO. You're part of the board of Canadian Club of Montreal. What am I forgetting? I'm forgetting something. Well, I, uh, I do support annually a couple of causes by, uh, by acting either as president of events. Uh, the latest one is uh, Active, which is a great initiative for, uh, for young teenager women to get uh, to get active, uh, to get more active as an active lifestyle is uh, a great component of an active uh, uh, life. So, uh, so very much involved with them right now as uh, one of my latest initiatives. And how do you find the time? Like, how do you manage it in order to, to deliver on what I call your USC, your unique strategic contribution? How do you organize your time, your mindset in order to be in, involved in all of that? It's, it, it's funny. It's not as... Uh, as uh, surgical as it may seem to carve time for different things. It's, uh, to me, it's one big overall role, which is to have an impact in, uh, in, in business and life. And they all go together. Um, a, an organization like ours is, uh, is actually tuned in into that concept, which is, you know, what, what is it to be a bank? Well, to be a bank is to be, to be involved in your community, to help out, uh, both financially, but also in different other ways, uh, the community around you. So to me, how do you manage the time? It's just one big blob of time and uh, priorities get managed in the order of importance and urgency uh, as, as all managers do. So, uh, so I try to keep uh, a careful track of, uh, of which ones require attention and, and I make sure that I be there for the important moments and, and uh, simple as that. Simple and yet, and yet, as complicated, and yet. And yet, and as, complicated <laughs> as that, I'm pretty sure. Um, you and I sat down a couple of months ago to talk for my book because you're one of the contributors in, in the book. And you said at the time, being a leader, you can't learn how to be a leader because you've got your own special style, but you can adapt, you can learn, you can develop, but you are a leader or you're not. Am I summarizing what, what your thoughts are around that topic? Well, it's funny, you know, there's part part that because I think as a leader, you need to be true to yourself. So, so fundamentally, I don't think you can lie about about being a leader. I don't think you could be someone else or some other style. I think you can adapt. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I think so. There are some people that say leaders are born. I wasn't born a leader. Certainly not. I was. Uh, I, I didn't take leadership roles uh, very early in life, in elementary or, or high school. But I did find my way in high school and then and then you know realize the impact I can have on people around then you feed on that and you realize parts of your personality works well and and you and you grow into a leader and try different things and if you you know if you if you try to learn all the time you you become better at it so as much as I I would say you can't lie as to who you are you're born a certain way at the same time, I think you do improve uh, materially and in, into in leadership roles in life. So, uh, so you can learn a lot along the way. And how crazy these past few months have been! How crazy have they been, especially in the in the business market? How did you adapt? How did you? How are you navigating through all of this? Well, I think uh, 
you know, humans, uh, you know, ability to adapt is, uh, is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think we had an example of that in all facets of life uh, over the last year. Um, I think when we have sudden change like this that affects everyone, change management becomes so much easier uh, because everyone has a, a change mindset. You don't need to do that portion of the change management, which is um, becoming conscious. I think everyone became conscious of what's going on very quickly and that you know things are going to be materially different for the next few months. So, so um, it's been hectic, but there's a portion of that which was easier than typical change management, which is everyone was open to different things. Mm-hmm. And uh, that fueled an energy when everyone participated in change, there's an enormous energy behind it. So, so as much as I think, you know, everyone faced a whole lot of difficulties through this and some much tougher than others. Um, there's, a, there's an energy to reinvent yourself, to find new ways, to find different ways of working, uh, to find solution in your personal or your business life, which, uh, which has been exhilarating to an extent. Uh, and, uh, and I think, you know, when, when you look at all facets of what we all lived over the last number of months, I think you, you, you feel that, you see it, you see it in the markets. All businesses have found ways to grow, to do different things. Uh, investors have found their way into all of this. So that energy is what I, in my sense, has fueled the last number of months. The question is, you know, how long will that energy last uh, as we as we embark on, you know, the next twelve months of that uh, of that uh, pandemic, and 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 see, you know, how how much do we still have in, inside ourselves to keep with that change that occurred, and uh, and to reinvent ourselves further through the next twelve months. So you bring me two questions as I'm listening to you. So what change did you have to to make in the past few months, and uh, how does purpose support that sustainability of change in your mind? Well, change. I mean, the obvious change is uh, the group I managed. Uh, we all went uh, to work from home very early. Uh, we're part of the groups that showed leadership in what we needed to do. We didn't wait for the governments to tell us, you know, how how do we need to to behave as as individuals to make the community uh, safer. So uh, so we were quick to work from home. Uh, which meant uh, technological investments very quickly, turning on a dime to improve uh, our VPN systems, which were working fine. But when suddenly everyone's logged in all at the same time, you just need more capacity. So it was quick decisions and decisions that sometimes take you know many months, took uh, a couple of hours. Uh, and uh, and we did what was right to enable everyone to be active from home. So that it, that, that means the transactional people who work on M&A transaction, on financing transaction, raise millions of capital on a, on a dime at the end of a day on, in the public markets. It means traders that are on trading floors with many screens, um, many systems, phone hooked up to their clients and, their, you know, and, and all the regulatory aspects of those systems. All that needed to work from home instantaneously. And we were one of the first to be fully active and the clients really appreciated that because they need you more than ever in those moments. So, so how did how much change did we have to manage a lot? And that was just, of course, in our business life. All of us had to manage our personal life with kids running around at the same time. So, uh, so managing the patience that comes with that uh, alongside uh, the rest of the crisis, clients going through unprecedented times and, uh, and needing our, our support. So, of course, you know, some some easy conversations, some tougher conversations. So managing all of that was really the change that we had to go through. And then learning to do all these transactions in a completely different uh, world uh, where, you know, we sell companies for billions of dollars to foreign investors. 
and diligence now needs to be done by Zoom or whatever other video means. So uh, yeah, we need to adapt and we did. What did you learn about yourself? Um, I guess uh, we'll talk about leadership in a minute. I think one, one thing I'll talk about is adapt, uh, adapting to different styles. Um, that's where I'm most comfortable when I need to adapt quickly. Uh, so it, uh, to me, that was a proof point. Uh, you know, first week into all working from home, I had, you know, tons of ideas as to how we're going to make that work, how we're going to make our team bond together, what we're going to do to stay connected, all that. It, it wasn't a long brainstorm session. So adapting quickly, moving on a dime, uh, certainly something I, I, uh, I learned to play with. Do you want to share those ideas? <laughs> uh, well, the first thing we immediately put in place was uh, was called the concept of just say hi. I mean, we used to bump each other at a coffee machine. Uh, and and you bump into, of course, the folks who work very, very closely every day on files. But you also bump into people on your floor or on your business that, that you don't work with on a daily basis at the coffee machine. So the just stay high concept was a, a, a little uh, random model that popped up a name that you needed to call during the day by video so that you'd bump into them at the coffee machine. Didn't need to be a long call, but just, hey, how are you doing? How are you installed at home? What's going on? So it created a bit of a, a connection early on into this, uh, which has taken different iterations since, but uh, but certainly a, a concept that that made it feel fun for everyone. And we immediately created a social committee that uh, that was live from day one of the pandemic as to how we're going to keep the social aspect of our connections. Uh, so all of these uh, were very useful tools. How do you feel the people are feeling now that we're embarking in phase two? Do you feel the yeah. morale is, is in a good place or... Where do you no, think? it's much tougher. Um, I think it's actually tougher this time around. Again, it comes back to this concept of the level of energy that that change brings. So uh, initially, I think everyone's fueled with a level of energy about, okay, we need to reinvent ourselves. We need to do something different. But then that something different becomes a new routine. And that's a little more boring. And boring is not good. So you have, you have that in in addition to everyone's working harder than ever. I mean, really, the, 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 what everyone is saying is absolutely true. The work is following us at all hours of the day, the weekend. It, there's a blur between life and work, and uh, that certainly makes it tougher. So there's a couple of those elements that are uh, becoming challenges. And I think as we enter the, the winter months, uh, all of that piled together is actually a real challenge going ahead. Mm. Um, so, of course, I goes back to this concept of change. I think what we need to do to address that is just be quick on our feet to throw new concepts at it, to reinvent a whole series of new things so that we keep an energy level that's high despite what's going on. You talked about purpose before we opened the line, and that was my second question earlier, is how, this, how do you want to use the purpose and the purpose of your team to drive energy? That's what I think you, you kind of said before we, we yeah. entered. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's important to remember the why we're in business. It's easy to be each at home doing our little tasks, mm. but it's not about that. I mean, in reality, why, why are we here? I mean, you were asking me early on in, in, in the podcast, you know, how do I get involved in just many things in my community? Well, our purpose is really to have impact. It's, it's uh, and we say it bluntly at BMO, we call it, to boldly grow the good in business and life, that's something that is fundamental to us. So, so it's important for every single employee in the organization, everyone in the team to understand that 
why are we doing this? Why are we doing the task we're doing? Well, we're doing it for a purpose, a broader purpose. It may be to work on a specific transaction at a given point in time, but that transaction is actually helping a client in their mission that are going to you know, advance the world, advance uh, important new sectors to bring innovation, finance innovation. So yeah, maybe you're, you're doing a task, maybe it sounds boring, but we're at, at it to, to help clients grow, to help our economy grow. Uh, to help our economy thrive despite what's going on and then to be able to reinvest, uh, to donate, take that broader approach to what you're doing, it suddenly becomes much more inspiring and you understand why we're all working so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you work really hard and you said, I adapt and I, ha- I needed to adapt as a leader. Uh, what different styles did you adapt to in the past couple of weeks and months? Styles? Leadership mean- styles. Yeah, so, you know, I've seen a lot of leaders in the past couple of months really get into more of a directive style, meaning there's an issue, there's a crisis, I need to find where we're going, how we're going to get there, and I'm going to tell you how we're getting there, because I need to control the environment. And whatever control I have, I'm going to control it. And then we've seen leaders move to a more perhaps coaching style or visionary. I'm hearing a lot of the visionary in what you're saying, Mm -hmm we're getting back to the purpose. I'm curious where, and you don't have to use the words, but how did you adapt in those different styles? How did you move on that? Yeah. Well, early on, I think it's, it is important. And it's funny you mentioned in those words, but, but I think it's important for people to feel that whoever their leader is, whether it's me as part of a broader construct or other leaders in my team, that those people are firmly, in place, knowing where they're going, despite what's going on. So, so there's a demonstration of, um, of, of competence and understanding the situation of foresight that I think is very important at the beginning so that you can tell your team, here's what's going on. Here's where we're going. And that foresight requires work on, on your part as a leader to understand the facts at play. So, I mean, everyone's watching the news, but you need to go deep and understand, okay, we're, What's coming up? What what is the next two weeks? The next two months? Where is this going? What's my view of this? And to share it with the team and to tell them, listen, we're going to behave in a certain way because here's where we're going. Um, and and I think that's important at the beginning of a crisis like this. I think it's very important to and I call it establishing credibility, uh, which which is essential in leadership. Um, so it's not as it's not being autocratic. It's not calling the shots and pushing people around. It's just a question of telling them, listen, here's here's why I think a certain way, and here's why we need to act a certain way. So I think that was an, very important initially. Um, you you know about the democratic and the visionary aspect. I think it's essential that people feel inspired at all times to be able to get performance. So so going back to that purpose, going back to why are we doing things. Um, or sometimes in a more micro, you know, what does my task fit in the overall scheme of things? Just understanding, being inspired, I think is absolutely essential. So it's tougher around these means of communication to deliver that kind of vision and inspiration, because I'd say it's not quite the medium that I find is a problem as much as, of course, in person with an audience, it's easier to be warm and to you know, to have a special moment. To me, it's not the medium that's the issue. It's the creation of the moment. Mm -hmm. So if you're in your office, your folks are there, 
at some point, just by the nature of things, a moment happens where you're there with them and you feel it's the opportune moment to provide inspiration. So you just, you just go ahead and do it. Here, that moment doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore. You need to create the moment. You need to put it in the calendar. You need to book it. And that's not very inspiring in itself. So there's that, that's, that's one of the, the big challenges. But I think the, the visionary aspect, you call it, or, or the inspiration aspect, as I call it, is, uh, is very important. And the democratic piece, I think, in, in all these touch points that you do with, with folks, uh, it's, it's important because people want to be part of something. They want to be heard. They want to participate. No one wants to just be a piece of uh, of a puzzle. They want they want to be more than that. They want to contribute to the overall picture. So uh, so so really, to me, that that listening uh, is important. Um, and 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 getting out of, of the folks on your team. You know, where where should we be going as a team so that you feel part of the of the solution? I actually heard you say that you at least at the beginning of phase one that you were listening at a deeper level now that everybody was remote is, do you feel still the same and how did that go about? Well, yeah, it, 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 it's funny as much as I'm saying the moments don't happen sort of naturally, you force moments into the calendar or just because you need to touch base with, with people, which creates maybe a little more of one-on-one moments where obviously I'm alone. I'm, I'm all with you. We're together on video. We're so um, so. Those are precious moments. Which sometimes in an organization you have all sorts of ad hoc moments with employees, or at some point someone needs to talk to you. They walk into your office. So that's good. But then with many employees, it's just the formal moments that we put in the annual review or the biannual review that creates that moment. And uh, and maybe now we're forcing a few more of those moments, which affords an opportunity to listen. Um, and, and to, to, to really understand how, how people are feeling. The other part of the understanding is I think there's a, a worry in, in all leaders, leaders in all organization, how's the mental well-being of my, the folks on my team? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and usually we almost assume that people are okay. Um, we bump into them in the corridor and if we see they're not, they don't seem okay, then, then we'll address it. Now we don't have that opportunity. So I think a lot of leaders did go out to sound their people early on and do it on a regular basis. Now, how are you really doing? I know you live alone. Mm-hmm. How, you know, how, how's your life right now? Uh, now that we can't see friends again and, and so on and so forth. So there's more questions and then you discover the individuals a little bit more and you understand a little bit better how, how you can act as a leader in an effective manner after. On, on that front, I'm, I'm tempted to actually ask you around how do we, for this phase two, how do we chunk it down? Because that's what I'm hearing in what you're saying. I'm worried or I'm listening to the mental health of my people. How do I help them see things in a more short fashion, in a way? Usually we want people to have a, a broader view, a bigger, a long-term view. In the, in the context of the pandemic, perhaps we want them to see <laughs> more in a short-term period to not see everything at once? How, what would you say on that? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know that I'd agree with that. In fact, I think it's very important that people see on the other side of it. Um, yeah, so as far so, as the other side of it. Yeah, so, so yeah. I, think, I think everyone needs to catch, catch their breath to an extent yeah. at different moments in time. Yeah. 
but people need to be able to get a little bit underwater and, and stay there a little bit of time and pop out on the other side. And you need to know that on the other side is a beautiful beach, beautiful sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that part I of think that's vision, that, is that part of your vision to allowing people to see beyond it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think all of us as individuals all need to realize that, yeah. I mean, there's an end to this and, yeah. and there's something that is, a normal 2.0 on the other side, which is we're going to borrow things that were better during, during uh, these confinement times. And, and there are things that were much better before, and we're going to combine the two and, and get to a great place. Um, so I think, I think if you have that kind of hope, if you believe in that statement, it's actually better. You know what? You can tolerate some things uh, for a period of time. That being said, I think you should tolerate only the minimum, that is the part that we can't fix, the part that we can fix should be fixed, should be addressed. And for that, you require communication. And I always say communication is a two-way street, uh, you, you know, between leaders who need to reach out and, 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 and team members who need to, to reach out as to well. Come, yeah, to reach out as well, among, you know, between themselves and to their leaders. And, and if, you know, I, I always say, if, if someone gets to the end of the rope, and comes to me and say, you know, that's it. I've, I've had it. If we never had that conversation before, there's something wrong. First, there was something wrong and I didn't pick up on it and I didn't come to see you, but you didn't come to see me either. Uh, communication is a two-way street. And I think communication is essential in getting through that second mm -hmm. phase or that, you know, next 12 months, call it. And, uh, and, and people need to raise their hand. They need to let to be known how they're feeling, what's going on, you know, they have too much work, how are things at home, are they fed up, are they, uh, and, and there is no circumstances where myself, my organization will not fix things for employees through this. I mean, we will get through it. It's a together thing. It's not a, you're alone in this. Uh, so if something doesn't work, we'll fix it, but we need to talk about it. Mm. Um, so I think the biggest challenge, the part that I'm a little overwhelmed with is how do you reach out to all these folks? How do you get a good connection with all these folks every week? <laughs> that, that, it, it doesn't fit. Yeah. It just, just doesn't fit. So, so you need different mechanisms, different leadership layers, different uh, connections in the group to, to make up for it. But, uh, but yeah, trying to, to do as much of that is uh, essential. So you're one of the person that I know that is the most optimistic in the world, and meaning there's an issue, you find a solution. So what you just said summarizes who you are, I think, as a human being. There's an issue, we're going to look at it, we're going to find a way, we're, you know, we're going to get through this. How do you convey that to your leaders? Because as a leader of leaders, obviously, the tone at the top is, is the tone for the rest of the organization. But how do you cascade that in a way that you feel is really supportive for your whole organization? Well, I, I mean, I think, I think you're right to identify that as, as one of my traits and everyone on my team would, uh, would, would agree with that and uh, arguably joke around uh, on, on that point in particular. People know that I'm, uh, I'm very optimistic and I think it plays directly into, into my style and how I get the most out of people. It, it's all about that. I, I, I play on on that and I, I play it naturally. It's just my style. I, I fundamentally trust people. I fundamentally trust my team members. I think they can do great things. Maybe I can, maybe I think they can do greater things than they can actually do, but that usually gets them to do greater things than they can actually do. So I, I, 
that that's what I do. I, I, I you were asking me and some of the questions you, you threw my way. You know what what uh, you know how how would I define my style? Well, I induce outperformance. I I just through that optimism, through that belief in in the people. If I if I tell you you can swim and I throw you in the deep end. <laughs> You You're will swim. swim. You will you will swim, and it's and it and and you will swim because I'll I'll make you believe before you go into the water that you're the best swimmer, and and you will, um, and that belief is I think goes a long way. So that optimism, how do I get it? The team knows that I trust them, that I think they can do great things. Um, so so as soon as I assign something, it's 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 known. It's known that I think they can do great things with this. I think they can outperform what what they think they can do. Um, and, uh, and I think when, when it's, when you're true to yourself and we were talking about that at the beginning, you don't need to convey so much messages when you, you know, delegate something or assign something to someone, they know how you're thinking about it. They they know how I'm thinking about it, which is you can do great things with this and I trust you immensely. So, um, so I think that goes a long way in, in performance, but, but certainly a style that can be different than, than others. And, uh, and in fact, I, I, I thrive on, on, that, on that diversity. I, I look for people on my team that have uh, very complementary elements to their leadership style, and together we, uh, we get the team to, to great heights. What do you think uh, we should expect in the next couple of months in terms of the economy, in terms of the environment in which we as leaders are going to lead? Uh, well, I think what we, sh- what we should expect... I know. <laughs> What's that? It's a tough question. You don't. I know you don't have a, and style as we say. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think we we need to expect a greater challenge than the past twelve months. Uh, and and regardless, no one knows how to define you know the next few months. Is it the three months, six months, twelve months? Vaccines, how long they take to manufacture all that? But it's going to be tougher. I, uh, I I come back to that concept I said at the beginning. There's so much energy in an initial change that everyone buys into, so it makes a lot of things easy. When when you get to that new routine, when bad habits start to take you know full, uh, their hold into people's uh, way of working, um, and and you need to address those, and you need to address those from a distance and inspiration has lost part of its uh, its its, uh, its thread. It, it just becomes more difficult. So I expect a lot of challenge. Uh, I expect leaders to have to reinvent their their uh, their themes. Uh, I was talking whether it's a social committee, whether it's a way to say hi to people. Everything gets old. You need to reinvent all the time, and it's not different than. I mean, I, I deal with businesses all the time. Businesses who thrive are changing all the time. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about the next thing. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it comes out, there's a new concept and it's almost exhausting, but it's the only way to be at the top of the game all the time. So I think we're gonna figure out the great leaders from the uh, average leaders in mm-hmm. that next 12 months, because it's about reinventing and reinventing again and having ideas to get the team to the best performance possible. I think a lot of leaders would say they're impressed with the performance of their team over the last six months. Yeah. And again, I think the future is to suffer. That'd so, be coming from an optimist, by the way. That's it, coming <laughs> from an optimist and yet very realistic because you you know what kind of energy you'll need to, to convey. And to, yeah, I, I can hear that. 
Um, we're towards the end of our time together, and I have my one-minute question to throw at you, okay? Are you ready? I'm ready. What's your USC, Mr. Greg Bayergeon? Um, well, that, I, I'd come back on that word I used just a minute ago, uh, inducing outperformance. That's mm -hmm. what I do. I induce outperformance in folks. Yeah, I love it. What's your one tip to empowering your team? Ad adapt. Adapt to people. That's uh, not, not a single individual is the same. Not everyone answers to the same things. So as a leader, you need to adapt and adapt all the time. That's, uh, that's fundamental. And what's your one piece of advice to a leader who wants to raise their game? It's all about seeking feedback, mm -hmm. getting feedback on yourself from your team. Um, it's, uh, it's tough. It's very tough. We all think we're so good. Uh, but in reality, we have a lot of flaws, all of us. And, uh, and when you ask your team, what am I not doing right? You realize that, oh, my God, there's a lot of room for me to elevate my game. And, uh, and I think if you, if you have the maturity to take it in and to really work on it, take that feedback, write it down on a piece of paper, put it on your desk. That's the part that you need to, to work on every single day. What is it that you need to look to work on based on that feedback? Um, I think it's about clear messages, although I, I'm, I've improved enormously, but I'm amazed at how we can go through conversation with individuals mm -hmm. and we are convinced we passed a clear message mm -hmm. and the other one passed a clear message, but we didn't understand each other at all. Mm -hmm. So getting to the end of a conversation and summarizing in one very clear sentence what this was all about is fundamental and something I've I have it written on a piece of paper on my desk, clear messages. It's, uh, it's, it's fundamental, but I'm still working at it. If you had to summarize leadership in three words, just three words, what would they be? Uh, inspiring, inspire, I think is, is an essential word. Uh, again, it goes back to getting people to do more than they think they can do. Second one is, is guiding. Uh, I think leadership is about, is about guidance, Uh, it's not about imposing. It's it's really getting people to follow to a, a certain trail, and they need to find their way. But but you need to be a guide essentially in this. And 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 the third is uh, is mutual respect, and that's two words. So I'm che I'm cheating. Uh, you said three <laughs> words, uh, but but mutual respect because it's um, there's no leadership if you don't have extraordinary respect for the folks in your team, and uh, there's no leadership if they don't have enormous respect. For you as an individual as well so mutual respect is the foundation of it all uh, in my mind i have such an amount of respect for you and you've been a guide <laughs> for me and you inspire me i love you thank you so much for being on this podcast it's a super pleasure uh, chloe it's uh, it's great to be part of uh, of your coaching adventure and uh, and keep doing what you're doing it's uh, it's a lot of fun listening to these podcasts and listening to your advice And uh, you certainly uh, inspired me to be a better leader every single day. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this Empower Your Team podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and can take away powerful tools and ideas. For more free content, events, and development tools, visit our website at empoweryourteam.com or on our LinkedIn or Facebook pages. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter to continue receiving Empower Your Team content and insights.